0: What's the very first lines you put up, Brother Tommy? The very first lines on the very first song. I thought, well, I can remember them, but I can't remember my name anymore. I count the times I've called your name some broken night, and you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. What a message to start this church with. What a message to start this service with. The times we live in are like times we've never seen. These are strategic hours. It's very, it's very disheartening to look at the news anymore. It's very disheartening. There's no good things that they say on the news because bad things get people's attention. You know that. People want to hear what's wrong with the world and not what's right with the world. The devil has made it his business. He's made it his business to show up. I don't know if you believe this or not. I'm preaching right now. I don't know if you believe this or not, but the devil knows his days are numbered. He knows what time it is on God's timepiece. Now, I don't believe he knows the day and the hour that the Lord is coming back for the church, but I believe because of the signs of the time, the devil knows what's in this book and he has unleashed an all-out attack upon the world. Does anybody believe that with me today? He is in the business of dismembering and causing chaos in everything that is good. He has tried to dismember the church He cannot because the word said he cannot. He has tried to dismember the family because the Lord created the family and the Lord counts the family as a prized possession. He has tried to dismember us individually. He's tried to take our lives and to turn it into chaos and, and trouble and situations in our lives that we often don't know how to handle. Furthermore, he's tried to dismember the nations of the world. He has not just America, the nations of the world. He is going to and fro upon this earth, and he is destroying everything that he can destroy. The scripture came to my mind very early this morning, and I was was asking the Lord, to help me today to say the things that need to be said. Let me just tell you this. I I don't come here today with a pretty sermon, and I'm sick and tired of pretty sermons. That went over about like a high heel tennis shoe. But the facts are, we don't need pretty sermons. We need a message from God. We need the Lord to speak to us today. We need somebody to tell us. And I'm going to tell you for the next little while. Here's what the Bible said in the book of John. The thief, everybody say, that's the devil. Come on, I need some help in here today. Don't let me get out there and walk the pews and and get among you. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, and this is Jesus' words, he said, I am come. That they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm, I'm gonna I wanna talk to you for the next little while, if I may, on a very central, uh, a simple subject. I've, I've preached along these lines so many times in the past, but, but I wanna talk to you this morning about when God picks up the fragments or the pieces of a life and what he can do. The devil has come to destroy, but God has come to give life. And I've come to tell you on this Sunday morning the words that were put on that screen to start this service and the the things that were sung and the things that were said. Carter, you were right on course. You wake up and you just feel, uh, what's going to happen again today? How many lives are going to be lost today? What kind of pandemic are we going to fool with and have to deal with today? Who's going to get sick this week? What? Let me tell you something. It's time that we turn to God and we give God the very best that we have because time is winding up and God has come to put us all together for our very best for these final days. The very nature of God is to fix things. It's to create things. It's to take nothing. It's to take fragments and pieces and put it together and make something good out of it. It was the very first act of God that you read in the beginning. If you go to Genesis, the book of beginnings, and you start reading in Genesis chapter one. Would you put that up, Brother Tommy? Genesis chapter one and verse one. I want you to see how the Bible started. In the beginning God, God was there. So in the beginning God, he created the heavens and the earth. Watch verse two. Because the earth was without form and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, had the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. I wanted you to see the very first two verses of the whole Bible today because it sets a precedent of what God does throughout history. He takes nothing and he forms something. He takes chaos, and he makes something good out of it. I've come to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning that when your life is in shambles, and when the pieces don't seem like they can be gathered up again, I've come to tell you that God is still a fixer of the heart. He's a mender of the soul. He's a counselor of the mind, and God can fix What's wrong with us today? You can either help me preach and I can get through quick or you can, you can stay quiet and I can preach a while. Make made me no difference. Thank you, I am. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you today, I've never seen lives broken like they are now. I've never seen people dismembered like they are now. It was, a, it was a few years ago, it was a few years ago that I, I, I preached, and, and I preached from where the, the two thieves were on the cross beside, one on each side of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 23, listen to this, in verse 38, the Bible said, and a superscription was also written over him in the letters of the Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him. Saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. That's what one of the thieves said. But on the other. The other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not not fear God, seeing thou earn the same condemnation? And verse 41 said, And we need, we indeed justify, or justly, excuse me, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, talking about Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And he looked at the Lord on the cross. And in verse 42, here's what he said Jesus, he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Everybody say that with me. Remember me. I heard a, a songwriter say, and, and, and I picked it up, and I thought about it, and I preached about it, and I want to preach about it again today. Perhaps he was not talking about it. just remember me in the sense of having a mental a mental notation of who he was, or a mental notation of what was going on. Perhaps he looked beyond that to the days of a carpenter's son. Jesus was raised as a carpenter's son in Nazareth, and let me tell you, he knew how to build things. He knew how to work with his hands. He knew how to do the daily things that a carpenter does. And so maybe, just maybe, he was saying to Jesus, would you put me back together again? Would you take, the broken pieces of an old thief that's hanging on this cross and would you mend me would you fix me would you help me would you not dismantle me but but not, not that I'm, I'm terrible but I need help today I can't fix myself would you remember me today I wonder if there's somebody here today that God could just reach into your life and with the hands of a skilled carpenter, take the lot, the board that has fell off and take the door that don't swing white and take the floor that's bucked up and start working on your life and start working on all of your problems and all your situations and just remember, remember I'm talking about put your members back together, put your mind back together, put your heart back together you know how it used to be and you know where you've gone and you know what you've done but God today has come to pick up the fragments and to fix the things that are in your life that are all dismembered today he gave his disciples loaves and fishes yes he did and they handed them out And the Bible said in verse 12 of John chapter 6, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up, everybody say this with me, gather up the fragments, come on, say it, the fragments that remain. How many of you have ever felt like your life had just been torn apart? Just, I mean, sometimes it it feels like it's unfixable. You just can't find an answer. You just can't. You just can't get what you used to in worship or in prayer. Uh, you you haven't. It, it just seems like the devil's on your shoulder. He's on your back. You can't get him off. You struggled every night in prayer. You prayed and you don't feel like God's answered you. I'm just telling you I come today with a word from the Lord. He has come today. And the command of God on this Sunday morning is gather up the fragments, just pick up the pieces today, and bring them to me, bring them to where I'm at, because what is fragments to you, I will make a hole out of, and I will make sure everything is okay. I didn't come today to preach hell and brimfire, so I I came today to preach the love of God, because the love of God can reach deep into your life. I thought about the people in this congregation today, people that I know of that their life was in shambles. They they, they they struggled. They went through all kind of hell in their life. They they went through all kind of problems and situations in their life. And it seems like the devil was winning. But all of a sudden, when God stepped in, he just took all the pieces and he put them all back together again. The Bible said, Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And the old things are passed away. And the old, all things are made new you got to know today that God will not leave you like you are. He loves you too much to leave you like you are. He loves you too much to let you go broken. Ah, If you'll hear this pastor on this Sunday morning, he would love to just rake up the pieces of your life today. He'd like to fix you over that divorce. He'd like to fix you over that mental estate. He'd like to fix you over your financial problems. He'd like to take your life today had put it back together again you know we don't we don't know this guy very well we don't know his name we, we we don't really know a whole lot about him in mark chapter five but but the bible talks about a man that that he was a man of an unclean spirit and he dwelt in the tombs and he he Nobody could capture him or bind him. He was full of the devil. His life was in shambles. Mark chapter 5 and verse 4 said because, or verse 3 said, Who had his dwelling among the tombs? And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. They couldn't even put chains on him and hold him because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces and neither could any man tame him. And always, always, he said, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying, cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, he ran and he worshiped him. His life was a wreck. He was separated from whatever family he had. He had a family, no doubt. He couldn't get around brother or sister, mom, dad, couldn't get around anybody. He was an outcast. The devil had made his way into his mind, and you know what the Bible call we call him. And if you go probably and read in the New Testament your Bible, you know it's got little little sub sub topics there in the chapters. We call him the demoniac of Gadara. That's what we call. Him. We don't even know his name. It might have been James, John, Joe, Fred, Beale. I don't know his name, but the. We called him, and, and the writers called him, the demoniac of Gadara. But his life was in shambles. He didn't have nothing. But when he saw Jesus, the Bible said he ran and worshiped him. And with a loud voice said, what if I have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. You know what the old devil, he can't stand it when the Lord comes by. And he'll bow down. He may not bow down to anybody else, but he knows the power of Jesus. Jesus Christ. He may try to have you bound today, but when you start speaking that name that is above every day and when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you can rebuke every demon out of your life Jesus looked at that man and said come out of him thou unclean spirit and he said what is thy name and he answered saying my name is legion for we are many in other words there's many demons inside this man and he besought him much that he would not send him away the story goes that he the devil begged to go into a bunch of hogs and the Lord put him in the hogs let him go. I could do a little preaching here right now, but I won't. I'm I'm gonna save that for a later date. I, I, when I was a kid, and somebody came down and they felt like they possessed the devils, they'd say, "If if you're not prayed up, get back out of the way. That devil'll come out of him and go in you." Well, I I don't I don't buy all that. sent into a bunch of hogs because the Lord had mercy on the man and the hogs went down into the sea and drowned and the bible said when they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that that was done the bible said they come to jesus and see him Here's what they saw when they got to Jesus. They saw him, not Jesus, the demoniac of Gadara, see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. A man whose life was in shambles, that they literally put chains. How many of you in this room today think if we change you up, you could get out? I got news for you, you couldn't get out. But this man was so full of demons that the demons would break the chains that had him bound. And, and he would go out like a wild man living in a graveyard. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about demonic spirits that had him so bound. His life was cursed and it was gone. Now you can't get much, ba- much worse than that. You, you, you can't get... Much further than where this man was. But when when Jesus came along, He He worshiped. And when He worshiped, something happened. And when something happened, his life that was fragmented and torn and and thrown into the into the graveyard. And, and living like a, a, a man that was an outcast from all society. All of a sudden, here he is. And when they come out of the city, they, they heard about it, and they wanted to see what was going on. When they get there. The demoniac of Gadara is no more the demoniac of Gadara. But here's Jesus and here's the demoniac. And the demoniac is calm and cool and collected and changed because God knows how to get the demons out of your life and and to set you free and to put those things back together. There's people in this room today that have fought things for years that today God wants to deliver you you today. that's the God i'm talking about today i hurry i hurry let me give you one more story they brought her to jesus they were scribes and pharisees supposed to be religious people but they had brought her to jesus in john chapter 8 the bible don't give her name either they just said, Master, this woman was taking an adultery in the very act. I've often wondered how they caught her at the very act. Just a thought. Maybe like the old boy my daddy used to tell about, he called the law because the people next door were exposing themselves through the window. And the law got out there. They said, sir, we can't even see the window. He said, you can too. You climb up on this five-gallon bucket. I don't know if that was the case, but they caught her in the act of adultery, and they brought her to Jesus. And when she got to Jesus, the Lord didn't say anything. They, They brought her, tempting him that they might accuse him, but Jesus didn't say a word. Boy, he knows how to handle a crowd, don't he? He didn't say nothing. He didn't start preaching. He didn't open his Bible. He, he didn't start rebuking them. Jesus just <laughs> He just bent down on one knee. The Bible said he stooped down. He started writing. I don't know what he wrote. The Bible doesn't say what he wrote. He just took his finger and started writing in the sand. I got a feeling what he wrote. Jay, I got a feeling there was a thief in the crowd, and he just said, wrote thief in the dirt. I got a feeling there was a liar in the crowd, and he just wrote liar. I don't know, but whatever he wrote, one by one, they left. They were convicted, the Bible said, by their own conscience. It's easy to accuse everybody else sometime, but I would, I would tell you today it would behoove all of us to clean up our own back door before we bring somebody else to Jesus. I don't know what he wrote, but I know this, he kept writing and they kept leaving until finally it wasn't anybody but him. And that little woman that was taken in the very act of adultery. You know what they said? The law of Moses said we ought to stone her. What do you say, Jesus? So by the law, she should have died. By the law, they should have taken her life. But Jesus is bigger than the law. And when he found that little woman standing before him, just him and her, he looked at that woman and said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, Lord, they're all gone. You know what he said? Today, little lady, I'm paraphrasing now. I'm I'm putting it in our terms and what I'm preaching this morning. Here's what he really said. Today, I'm going to put your life back together. Help me out, Toby. Today, I'm going to put your life back together. I'm not going to accuse you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to send you to hell. Neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more he took the fragments he took the pieces he took what the devil had shredded and he just wrapped his arms around it all and said I'll take care of that Mm, I'm preaching to somebody this morning see I don't know about your past I don't know where you've been I don't know what kind of prayers you've prayed. I don't know all it. I don't even have to know it, but he knows it. He knows everything. He knows the tears you've shed over situations in your life that you can't even talk about. He knows it. He knows it. He knows the things you've said to him in the middle of the night that, oh God, if you will just, today, he's just ready. Do exactly what you ask him to do. Take the pieces, put them together. This puzzle is not impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. I I I, I could call out several people in this congregation today and tell you their stories and let you see what God has done. I don't care what anybody thinks and But this church is a place of worship for all people. We'll take every convict, we'll take every drug addict, we'll take every alcoholic, we'll take every prostitute, we'll take whoever will come to this church because that's who God wants to save. He didn't come for the well, he came for the sick. It's the sick that need a physician. And My heart, David, can I pick on you again? My heart swells within me when I see David Boland. David was raised in this church, raised here, but got away from God. And because he did some things he knows he's guilty of, his life was in shambles. He wound up in a prison cell. Spent several years there. Let me tell you what he also did. He turned some things over to God. When David Boland got out of prison, he showed up at this church. My wife counseled him for what, three years? Every week for three years. He showed up at this church. He he turned it all over to the Lord. He's not proud that he's an ex convict, but David, I'm going to tell you something. If that's what it took for you to be a front row at Christian Life Church, I thank God for every minute you spent in a jail cell. Oh, I could go through this congregation and give you some more. What are you saying? When the devil said, aha, it's over. I got you. You might as well go live among the tombs. You may as well go and and just throw your life away. It's all said and done. You know, suicide is is the leading killer among teenagers and probably the second leading killer among adults in, in 2021. Do you know that? We're living in that kind of world. Carter, you said it right. What a world. Ah, who wants to face this world every day? But if I could just tell them today. If I could just get to him today, if I could just let him know today, that's not the answer. We've all felt it. We've all been there. There's not a one of us in this room that hadn't had days where you would wish you didn't have to live another day. And if you say different, I'll tell you, you're a liar. You're sick of life, sick of everything, Everything was going downhill. Everything wasn't right. You thought, my God, how can I live another day? But God seems to walk in in the nick of time. And and he just knows how to gather it all up. Pick up the fragments. Pick up the pieces. He knows how to fix it when everything is wrong. Stand all over this building with me while we close today. I'm just telling you this morning. When God picks up the pieces of a broken life, when he gathers up the fragment, the fragment of brokenness. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today. I know, I know we're not jumping pews today and jumping up now. but let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is in this room today. I felt him enter a while ago while we were singing that last song especially. I can't walk without you, Lord. I can't talk without you. And somebody in this room is hearing me today. Somebody in this room is, you're calculating all that in your mind today. I don't know. I don't know every answer. I wish I did. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I can't read your mind. I, I'm not some kind of prophet. I don't claim to be. But here's what I know. I know that when I knelt in my chair this morning, I pray every Sunday morning in that green chair. And right above it is a quilt with all my dad's ties that they had made for me. or Not all his ties, but a lot of his ties that they made into a quilt. And I feel that holy anointing. And when I was praying this morning, God just seemed to speak it to me over and over. Just tell him I can fix it. Just tell them I can fix it. Tell them I can pick up the pieces. I can take what's wrong and make it right. It's not a new message. It's not something I haven't preached before. I don't have any new messages. If you're waiting on that, just you got to find you another preacher. I'm going to preach the old-fashioned gospel and the truth that I know. And here's what I do know. When you repent of your sins, when you give it all to God, God will take it. He's the world's fastest forgiver. And he will take it away. And he will forgive you and wash you with the blood of Calvary. And you will never be the same again. Never! They're going to sing a song. We're going to make this just just very easy today. They're going to sing a song. Who is it in this building? Look, let me tell you something. Let me say this to you before I, before I go one step further. I don't care if you've been in the church 50 years. Sometimes you just, the devil just knows how to scatter your life. I don't care if you've been around here forever. Sometimes you get disoriented and the devil walks in, and he starts maneuvering his way into your life. And the first thing you know, he's got you all confused, and he's making you a nervous wreck and you don't know whether you're coming or going. I'm just preaching truth here today. We may as well be real in this church today. I don't care if you've been, I'm not talking just to new people or people that had not never found God. I'm talking about people that have known God and people that have had God in your life for years, but the devil has tried to tear you up and tear you down. It may be through a sickness. It may be through a financial situation. It may be through a marital problem. I don't know what it's about, but here's what I know. God told me to tell you this morning, if you'll let him, he'll pick up the fragments and when he gets through, you'll be made whole today. You'll be like the woman that they brought to him. He will say, go thy way and sin no more.